Geekville Radio. Sinister knows what your future holds. Welcome once again, all you geeks and geekettes. Seth, a.k.a. is Andrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio, coming at you with another episode of Geekville Radio. This is episode 327, for those keeping track. You can find the links and information about what we talk about in the show notes at geekvilleradio.com slash 327. We're going to talk some X-Men 97 news. We'll talk Kevin Smith's opinion of James Gunn taking over the DCU. And then we'll wind it up with our obligatory review of The Mandalorian. We'll be talking Chapter 20, but let's kick it off with X-Men 97. Now, for those who may not know or may not remember, X-Men 97 is the continuation of the X-Men animated series that aired on Fox in the early 90s. And that was a show that I think for its time was pretty revolutionary. I mean, you could argue it was the greatest superhero cartoon of all time at that point. I think it's held up very, very well. And as the name implies, X-Men 97 is going to be a continuation of that series because that series ended in 1997. So this show will pick up where that one left off with Professor X leaving Earth, going into space, and that will leave behind Magneto, who out of respect for Xavier, will take over as the leader of the X-Men. Now, fans of the original comic may remember that Magneto did actually lead the X-Men for a while in Xavier's absence in the mid-80s. And that went for a while, you know, stuff like he didn't use the helmet, probably because Xavier wasn't around, so he didn't have to worry about having his mind read by Xavier. But he led the X-Men for a while, but of course, like so many good villains, he couldn't resist his evil ways and went back to being a bad guy that we all know and love. It's always kind of been the dichotomy of Xavier and Magneto. Xavier wants equality, you might say, whereas Magneto is more of wanting justice. That's kind of where their philosophies differ. There was some concept art shown off at San Diego Comic-Con this past year, which not only showed the characters that will be returning and such, they did show Magneto, who was sporting the helmetless look with his gray hair in full view, the big M on his chest, very 80s looking and very comic accurate, quite frankly, if you did read the comics back then. Now, head writer Bo DeMaio via thedirect.com gave an update in that not only will Sinister be returning, we did see Mr. Sinister in the original run of the show, but he is going to be the main villain. The big quote is a very, 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 that's four varies there, Favorite character of mine and many others, Mr. Sinister, will rear his ugly head from the past with a pretty foolproof plan to destroy the X-Men once and for all. And Sinister made his debut in the 80s. I had the issue for a long time. I don't have it anymore, which is kind of a regret because it's worth a crap ton of money now since it was a first appearance. But Mr. Sinister was one of their biggest villains for, for decades, really. And Michael... Britain, maybe it's Britain, I hope I'm saying that right. He is actually going to reprise the role, as most of the voice actors are in X-Men 97. They're getting 
as many of the original voice cast as they can. There isn't an exact release date for the series, but it is expected to be in the fall, possibly early winter for Disney+. Plus. Now, meanwhile, in the DC universe, Kevin Smith spoke about James Gunn on his own podcast, Fat Man Beyond, and he actually believes James Gunn will do well in the DCU with his revamp. The exact quote is, I can't wait to see what he does with Superman. Pun intended, he will make Superman soar. I have the utmost confidence in him. That is an interesting take because, of course, Kevin Smith is a filmmaker and a comic geek in his own right. He went on to say, good for him, man. James is crazy, blanking, talented. This is Kevin Smith, after all. And we are a PG-rated podcast. So anyway, definitely one of the best of us. But it's really blank and sweet, man. You know, James is known for like weirder stuff. And to see him take on an American icon, I'm curious to see what he does with it. Think of all the heart that he has brought to the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which when first announced, it was like, they're doing that. Marvel's over. And that quote is true. There are a lot of people going, Guardians of the Galaxy? What's that? And those of us who knew comics are like, they're doing Guardians of the Galaxy? That's pretty obscure. But back to the quote. And yet he found a way to bring incredible heart for those first two movies. And it looks like from the trailer for the third one, even more heart to the third episode. So I can't wait to see what he does with Superman, pun intended. He will make Superman soar. I have the utmost confidence in him. There still is no update as far as any cast. We do know Henry Cavill will not be in the movie. We go over that in one of our previous episodes. And it's definitely been pretty polarizing. I've said for a while that I don't think James Gunn is going to take the Suicide Squad or Guardians of the Galaxy approach with Superman. And it seems Kevin Smith's probably going to agree with that because I think James Gunn is smart enough to know that everybody looks at Superman as being this icon and not somebody that would be goofy or silly or would need some sort of R-rated makeover or anything like that. He'll take major liberties with the more obscure characters like he did with Suicide Squad and Guardians, quite frankly. But for a character, I think, that is a main eventer or so of sorts, the arguably the most well-known superhero in history, I think he knows that there's definitely some dangerous waters to tread in. So I, I think he will honor the history of Superman and the integrity of the Superman character. I know there's people that are going to disagree with that. That's fine. If you want to contact us about it, geekfulradio.com is the site. We have the social media at Geekful Radio for the Twitter, the Facebook, and the Instagram. Let us know what you think. Everything's going to be all right, kid. But that brings us to our obligatory Mandalorian review. We're a little over halfway through the season now with Mandalorian Chapter 20, The Foundling. And as we talked about last time, it seems more than a few fans were taken aback by last week's episode because the show is called The Mandalorian, but didn't have many Mandalorians in it. They spent the majority of the time on Coruscant catching up on Dr. Pershing and his biscuits. But I think the big news to come out of this episode that a lot of fans are happy with, myself included, was that we finally know who rescued Grogu from Order 66. It was a Jedi named Kelleran Beck, and he was played by none other than Ahmed Best, who previously portrayed and did the voice of Jar Jar Binks. He came through Turbo Lift Door, got Grogu to safety. They had a nice chase in the skies of Coruscant. 
between a speeder and some Republic gunships. We didn't really see what happened to him. So I think that's something we're going to see a continuation of. Even if we don't see it this season, it's a perfect thing to show next season. They did not explicitly show that character getting killed off. So I think we are going to see a little bit more of what happened to him. My hunch is that Keller and Beck will eventually come into contact with Darth Maul himself. And it won't end well. Or maybe Darth Vader for that matter. But as far as the present day story, again, some people might look to this as being a side quest because it kind of was. It was basically rescuing a child from these flying raptors. It was still necessary to show it because it showed that Bo-Katan has the ability to lead and just be a great Mandalorian because she headed up the mission to save Paz Vizsla's son, Ragnar, from the nest of this giant flying reptile that they called a raptor. Obviously, it looks nothing like the raptors, dinosaurs that we had on Earth. And what I thought was also kind of funny about this is after they killed the mother raptor, what happened was Din basically caused the raptor to chase him, swoop down to near the water, and then the turtle gator that we saw in one of the earlier episodes kind of jumped up and ate the raptor for lunch. That left these baby raptors with nothing to eat, so the Mandalorians were able to round up these creatures and bring them home. Now, some people had pointed out that there was a scene of the Mandalorians eating at night, and they had some sort of meat circulating over a fire. I don't think it was the baby raptors, because if they were going to use them for food... I don't think they would have used the term foundlings. I think these are creatures that are going to be raised by the Mandalorians and they're eventually going to be used as beasts to ride. They can fly around. Because obviously if you have a creature to fly around with, then you don't have to waste fuel on your jetpack. Because some people might ask that. It's like, well, they got jetpacks. Why do they need to jump on a critter to fly around? Could definitely save on fuel that way. Plus, a Mandalorian riding a... Giant pterodactyl, that looks pretty darn cool, at least in my mind. And we also saw Grogu spar. Din and Bogotan were seeing their fellow Mandalorians sparring, taking target practice. Grogu lifted some rocks, much like Luke, Ray, and Weird Al would talk about. But Din was able to convince a few Mandalorians to let Grogu spar with Ragnar, Paz's son. And Grogu used his ingenuity, about as much ingenuity as you could expect from a little toddler creature, and he won the sparring match. And the armor then started forging armor for Grogu. That also sparked a lot of speculation, like what's little Grogu going to look like in his Beskar armor? Now, is he going to be fully clothed, is it, or is he going to have like one of the little pods, like, like his little floating baby carriage that he uses. Is that going to be made out of Beskar next? I, I don't know. We'll probably find out next season again. Again, I don't think that's something that they need to expand upon this season. Grogu's evolving armor. Well, a few questions to ask as the season is entering its latter stages. Will we see what happened to Keller and Beck? I said before, I don't think we need to see that this season. He may come back next season. Is anybody going to believe that Bo-Katan saw a mythosaur? Because the armor kind of brushed it aside. She didn't act like it was a big deal, but 
She also didn't think that it was a lie either. Now, this episode had no follow-up on anything regarding Dr. Pershing or his betrayal by Kane, but that's fine because we got all Mandos all the time in this outing. Now, some may wonder why an original character would save Grogu rather than somebody we already knew. I'm really not sure what known characters would have been able to do that. I think it's actually for the better that they introduced a new character to save Grogu with, because if it was a known character, why would they have never talked about it? I mean, Ahsoka obviously knew who Grogu was, but she was already off Coruscant by the time Order 66 happened. She had that big battle she was fighting in the final season of The Clone Wars. Obi-Wan would have been tied up chasing Anakin. Mace Windu was likely already dead by that point because he had already, at the very least, was on his way to confront Palpatine. But I, th- I think by the time Order 66 was given, Anakin had already turned and lopped off Mace's hand. And the whole unlimited power scene. And I think it would have been kind of silly to show Mace Windu getting blown out of a window only to have him land and then go rescue Grogu. I, I just I don't see how anybody would make any sense out of that. So that that's just me. I could be wrong. And one more thing about the side quest name. These side quests have been happening throughout the series. They were happening in the first season. They were happening in the second season. Frog Lady, anybody? You know, led to one of the most loved single episode characters, I think. I don't know of anybody who didn't like Frog Lady. But no matter what, I think this was a pretty awesome episode. Not as good as some of the others, but I gave it a solid B+. I really don't think there's any long-term damage that was done by having Jack Black and Lizzo for five minutes in an episode. I, I do not understand that level of resistance. But this definitely planted seeds that are going to be followed up on later. But we got Grogu's Beskar. We got these raptor foundlings. We got Grogu sparring. We got Keller and Beck. We got his story to tell. And there could be other stuff in there as well. Paz himself. Paz is probably going to feel indebted to Bo-Katan that she helped save his son. And so he probably earned Paz's loyalty by doing that. But I would like to hear your opinions. Once again, Geekville Radio, this is the first time you're hearing us. We can be reached on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, basically anywhere you find your podcast, just do a search for Geekville Radio. You can find us. You'll find our family of shows. we got this Geekville Radio, which is our flagship show. It's our main show or proper, you might say, Geekville Radio proper. we got Examining the Doctor with myself and Mark Short, where we talk some Doctor Who. We give commentary on episodes. We talk news. A little bit of everything with Doctor Who there, whether you're a fan of the old show or the new show. There's something to like there. Train and I also have the Nostalgia Trip, which as the name implies, Geekville Radio's Nostalgia Trip. It's about pop culture of the past. We have the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame, where we talk some of the characters that might not be A-listers, but may have inspired A-list superheroes. And Train and I also talk Classic Wrestling Memories, which is for fans of old school pro wrestling. You can check all those out at Geekville Radio. Do a search for Geekville Radio or the episodes individually. And once again, you can find the show notes for this episode at geekvilleradio.com slash 327. So that's going to do it for this episode. I'm going to power down 
the studio here, and we will talk to you folks again next time with, a very, at the very least, a look at The Mandalorian Chapter 21. Are you looking for an eating theme podcast? Check out You Just Got Fried. Join host Jared Aubrey and his panel of gaming enthusiasts as they discuss news and accomplishments in the gaming world and, of course, the gripe of the week. That's all at YouJustGotFried.com, part of the Wrestling Brethren podcast family. All Time Lords and Ladies, Geekville Radio presents Examining the Doctor, a weekly look at everybody's favorite Time Lord, the Doctor. Join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor to favorite and not-so-favorite episodes of Doctor Who. From Hartnell to Capaldi, Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for classic and current Doctor Who fans alike. Examining the Doctor, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and at geekvilleradio.com. Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, A1-Wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved.